CrossFit 4185 presents the Community in the Fort podcast. I'm your host, Coach Mallory. In this podcast, we're going to be taking a deep dive into our community to highlight our members, hear their stories, learn from each other, and have great conversations along the way. In this episode, I sat down with Jesse Arnold. Jesse started CrossFit in college, but since moving back to the Fort Wayne area, decided to find a gym. We're so happy she found us. Jesse always brings the laughs, the shoes, and the good vibes to every class. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy my episode with Jesse. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Community in the Fort podcast. I am here with one of our favorite members, Jesse Arnold. Uh, Jesse's been a member for about eight months. We'll be coming up on her year in September, on the end of August. Um, so we're excited to have Jesse on the podcast. Um, Jesse, why don't you start us off with, uh, how did you find CrossFit originally? I know we're not your first box. Um, so give us a little background. Tell us about you. Yeah. So I was actually living, um, out in the middle of Missouri and I was a member of just a, a regular gym that ran a CrossFit class out of a small multi-purpose room. And I had attended a few of those classes. Um, it was pretty low key just wasn't a big enough space. You couldn't really do much out of it. Um, so then that gym ended up expanding and building a pole barn behind that gym in which then they created their CrossFit gym. Well, at that point, I'd already stepped away from it a little bit. I just wasn't comfortable with it. Um, you know, I was a former college basketball player, just hard on myself, thought I should have been better at things I'd never done before than I was. So I was hesitant to get started, but I knew several of the members that were kind of um, making that gym a possibility. I knew the coaches, they had talked to me, you're like, you should just give it a try, like just come to a class. And I was like, okay. So, so I did and, um, you know, instantly just loved it. Like I said, as a, as a former athlete, it was something that I pretty much instantly fell in love with. I looked forward to it, which was something that I hadn't done with a workout in a long time. So um, just being able to, to find something that I wanted to do every day was big for me. Yeah, I guess I didn't know that. I didn't know that you're, so that was the gym that, started when in that multi-purpose room how many people were like working out in there way too many (laughs) Um, (laughs) okay I would say I mean the room was no bigger than you know a standard size almost like classroom Mm -hmm. and at any given time there would be 15 to 20 people working out in there so it was way more station based um I'm gonna say did you even have barbells or anything in there you would have a few do you have a pull-up bar in there the pull-up bars hung from the ceilings So everything had to be very meticulously placed in order to to basically not kick somebody. Yeah. So that was like a drop ceiling too? Like, was there like, was it like a tile? No. So you had to get on a box to be able to even reach the pull-up bars. Oh my gosh. That's an accident waiting to happen. Correct. (laughs) I think they realized that. Yeah. And and built, like I said, a a huge facility behind the, the gym, which has just, that gym's Really, really grown. That's awesome. Now, were you still playing basketball at the time when you started there? I was not. Okay. No, I was, let's see, a f- four years removed okay. from playing basketball. So. Okay. So what had you been doing? What did you do in that time period between ending basketball and starting? Well, for about a year, nothing, <laughs> which is part of the problem. It's okay. We've all been there. Yeah. So, you know, again, being a college basketball player, and then I found myself coaching college basketball where we were working, you know, 100 hours a week. I just did not prioritize my health. I gained a bunch of weight. Um, I was very unhealthy. You know, we were eating on the road four nights a week or so, you know, out recruiting as well. I was just pretty unhappy. 
um, kind of with, with what I looked like and felt like. Yeah. So then that second year as a coach, I really did prioritize my health some more, but that was just very individualized, um, just on my own. Obviously, as an athlete, again, we had a background and knew, you know, some some movements and yeah. things like that, but still nothing, nothing, you know, quite structured. And then that next year is really when I started to say, okay, like I need to make a change. Like this is not. Mm-hmm. I'm too did young to you, <laughs> like this. Right. Did you start down like? Is that when you took up more of running? Is that when you did like that whole thing before before going into, the, into that first quote unquote CrossFit gym? Yeah. Yep. So uh, actually, it would have been the spring of 2020. Well, winter of 2020, like January, I signed up to run a half marathon. And then when COVID came, I'm a teacher, so school was shut down. I really didn't have anything better to do. Yeah. And I just ran and ran and ran and ran. And then that upcoming summer was when I joined CrossFit. So okay. I was already, I had a pretty good base um, just through the, the cardio, but I learned I do not like to run <laughs> and I would rather go lift heavy things and throw them around than go run 13 miles. It's funny how all that changes. I know, you know, my background was in more track and cross country and, you know, my parents both ran a ton. And so that was like the pinnacle of fitness, right? Like running a half marathon is like, oh my God, you must be so fit. And then you do a CrossFit workout and you're like, oh my God, I no, I'm not. Like, I remember my very first workout was like 10 minutes. And I remember calling my mom afterward and being like, we did this terrible 10 minute workout. And she was like, what could you have possibly done in 10 minutes? I was like, let me tell you, mom. <laughs> like, let me tell you. Um, did you feel like, uh, were there things, I guess, on like, like within that first, because you were at that gym for like a year before mm-hmm. moving, right? The right. of year? Yeah. Ish. Just like that. almost. Almost a full year. What do you feel like were some of the biggest changes you made from, you know, starting there versus right, like right before you left, like within that 12 month period? Definitely just the, the strength. Um, I think that was something, you know, in college I was pretty strong. Um, you know, I, I could lift quite a bit and then without lifting and then just running as my main source of exercise. I mean, I, I lost a ton of strength. Um, so definitely, you know, I had noticed getting some of that back. I did break my foot last December though as well. So I was only able to be consistent for about four months. Then I broke my foot, then was had a sickness going on. So then I was pretty yes. inconsistent for a few months and then consistent again for a few months. So just, I mean, there were still some inconsistencies um, even even there, but definitely noticing just being able to, to be able to lift again. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I completely forgot about your foot. Do, is it okay now? Like, do you have any issues now? I've heard you um, talk a lot. It's, about it's it. pretty okay. There, there's occasionally times <clears throat> where it, it's just more sore than anything. It never affects a workout. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's burpees and I can't do them. Oh, but it, it just affects it too much. Dang it. You can't, can't possibly burpees. do that. Yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> do that. Um, no, that's great. Like, what are, um, we kind of talked about this with Bob in the last class. Of Are there any things that you've taken into like doing CrossFit or being a part of the community that you take from like your coaching side of things. Like one of the things we talked about was just purely kind of the mental attitude or like mental toughness that sometimes comes with athletes. Some of us might be a little bit stronger in that area than others. Um, but what are some things that like you kind of think of like you've kind of like taken, like is there, or anything, is there anything that you kind of blend the two together at all? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one of the things, one of my favorite things about CrossFit and people outside of the CrossFit world, I think sometimes don't quite understand the community aspect of it. Um, you know, there'll be times where people are like, well, why do you have to go to the gym at 515? Like, why can't it be earlier? Like, well, that's when class is. Like, right. that's the community. So just being able to to be, I mean, people that were athletes and coaches strive in any type of team environment. So being able to, 
to motivate others while we're working out, hearing other people motivate me, you know, we're all, we're all dying together. Right, and, right. Um, you know, again, just that, that team, team base um, is something that I really do love about CrossFit. And, um, you know, from the coaching side of it, just being able to, I understand it sucks, right? I also am experiencing that suck, um, mm-hmm. but yet we're here to get better. And there are still so many things that maybe I can't do as well as what I think I should be able to do, but just being able to see, I'm getting better and yeah. other people around me are getting better. So I just love the the community aspect of CrossFit. Yeah. I think that, you know, community can kind of be one of those words that's like, Oh, everybody has community, everybody. And it's not until like, you know, even Greg Glassman used to have this quote of like, you know, explain to me what CrossFit is. And he would always say, well, meet me in class at six 30 tomorrow morning and I'll show you because it's something that you almost like have to do to really like do it. You know, even the people who sometimes, Maybe because um, it sounds like you had a really good foundation with the gym, you know, the gym that you had. But I think sometimes even people who do CrossFit, maybe at their gym or at home or something, um, or at, I should say at their garage or at home, kind of miss a little bit of that community aspect. Because I know for me, going through this whole COVID stretch of like having to be home and working out in the garage, as much as we tried to do all the virtual classes and stuff, there's not really much that like replicates actually being in a gym and being in a class. Even if no one else in class is doing what I'm doing, like just having people like semi watch me, I have dramatically changed my performance, like hands down. Oh yeah, absolutely. Even when I'm just running around my subdivision and people are outside, I'm like, oh, I have to speed up a little bit, like because these people are totally caring how fast I'm running right, right now. I have to show off. Right I now. have to run a little faster. So <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. Um, so talk a little bit about um how uh let's talk a little bit about teaching like what is what is your teaching um what kind of sidebar like where where did you start versus where do you want to be give us the give us the rundown so i started as in college as an education major and then i decided i don't want to be an education major so i dropped education i was an english and creative writing major i thought i was going to be you know the next great writer um, wonderful, wonderful, right? <laughs> and then I was like, you know what? Now I want to go coach college basketball. Like that's what I want to do. So I went into that for two years, and I was like, ah, like this was great. I love basketball. You know, it's my favorite thing in the world. But I just missed the classroom. Okay. So I went back. My master's is in education. Then I went back and took some additional classes to be able to get. Again, I was in Missouri. My Missouri teaching license. Um, wanted to be pretty much my whole life a high school English teacher. Well, there was a sixth grade English position open, and I said, let's do that. That sounds fun. <laughs> so I taught sixth grade English in a pretty underrepresented kind of school district, high poverty um, area for four years and was the varsity basketball coach at the same school. Um, sixth grade, I love sixth graders. <laughs> I was exhausted in sixth graders, oh um, but we had a lot of fun. And then I resigned from that position because I was moving home back to the Fort Wayne area. And now I teach freshmen, juniors, um, and then an AP English course, which I absolutely love. So I sometimes miss the, the child kind of aspect of, of sixth grade, but I very much enjoy the, the high school content. It's a lot more kind of my speed. Yeah. 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 I can imagine like, what are, what are some of the biggest um, challenges that you face coaching or teaching sixth graders versus like, freshmen and juniors like what is what are the biggest issues that arise um at first I would say just being able to maybe understand the expectations that the high school students should have as far as what they should be producing 
Um, you know, I'd been reading sixth grade papers and sixth grade responses for four years. And then being able to go into the high school realm, then being able to be like, okay, you know, like my sixth graders wrote this type of paper, like we can do better. And kind of finding that balance of, you know, what to expect from them, being able to push them um, to produce a little bit better writing. So yeah. That was, yeah. that was a little bit of a challenge at the beginning. Of the year. Like, well, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And it's probably hard. Like you probably, with even in a, within a class, I'm sure it's hard because you probably have a group of students who love what you're talking about and you know excel and then you have another group of students that don't want to be there at all and so then it goes back to like what are what are your tricks and tips for motivating people you know you probably probably take similar things on the basketball court the same thing on the you know when you're teaching in the classroom oh yeah definitely um i think if you ask my students maybe what it's like to have me as a teacher or they don't yell very often which is very different than i am as a coach so i definitely had two personas read the room yeah so actually a fun little story one of my sixth graders one year came to one of our basketball games and the next day goes, well, Miss Arnold sure is a, or coach Arnold sure is a lot scarier than Miss Arnold. <laughs> oh my I thought that really epitomized kind of the, the way that I run a classroom, but that's uh, hilarious. No, you know, we, we have a lot of fun. I think, you know, English, especially at the high school level is something that not a lot of students love. I think it's something that they associate with having to read. I have to write. Um, and things like that, whereas they don't maybe necessarily understand, you know, if you can't write well, you're going to struggle in most careers. Right. You know, if you right. can't communicate effectively with people, you're, you know, you're, you're going to struggle. So I, I just try to, to maybe take a little bit more of a, a new school approach. Um, we do a lot of projects, a lot of kind of group work, collaborating, being able to make sure, you know, students know how to work together, students know how to get along with one another. And. Make them learn yeah. that English really isn't that bad. <laughs> and say that already sounds like a big ask. Um, yeah. Well, like, um, you know, kind of going back to where you started, like, did you have any teachers? Because I feel like a subject like English or math or any of those, like, the teacher that you have can make all the difference in the world, right? Like, you could come into a semester hating a class, but because you have this one teacher who made it really great, like, all of a sudden you love the subject. So did you have any teachers growing up under your mom and dad were both educators so maybe that had a little skew to it but did you have any great teachers that really like pushed you towards that career path yeah um so you know like Mal just said my dad was an English teacher before he was a principal and superintendent my mom's a teacher and athletic director my grandpa was an English teacher and a principal um I really had no choice this is <laughs> yeah. just what we do if your last name's Arnold you teach English um but the that's pressure that's pressure that's pressure good thing I liked it <laughs> your grammar better be slapped we played grammar games in the oh. car. I kid you not. One time we played the, like, I'm going on vacation, and you bring an apple, and you go through the alphabet. You know? Yeah, yeah. We played it with abstract nouns. Oh, my gosh. I was probably, like, 12. Wow. No one ever appreciates the story, but it was great. Uh, I learned I, what quintessence was on that. Oh my god! But anyway, you wear like padded sleeve sweaters when you go on a on a beach vacation too. Like you just like, mind your business, okay? We're cool people. We are cool people. Oh, we yeah. are. We are. I can, I can see already. <laughs> but no. So I had a high school English teacher, Mrs. Bagley, um, who I would have had my sophomore year who was just a fantastic teacher, absolutely loved her, um, connected really well with her. Um, I actually coached her daughter this year. Oh my god! Which was fun, kind of a fun little full circle moment. Um, so that was a, a good experience. But And then in college, I was not someone that I would really consider like an English nerd mm -hmm. going into college. Yeah. Um, 
I became one. Absolutely. Sure. Obviously. Yeah. Again, yeah. contestants. Like, mm, I don't know. At 12, you're yeah. doing grammar lessons. That wasn't me. That was my dad. Yeah, that was, I, I mean, had no choice. I mean, but being exposed to that, we would have never talked about those things in the car. We were just playing the sign game or like. I mean, thank goodness I could shoot a basketball or something like that. But, <laughs> um, so then I had a, a professor in college whom I just adored. She was one of the literature professors, and that was really what I fell in love with English. Just I don't know what it was about her, just the way she taught the class, the way that she and I connected. Um, you know, she and I are still in contact oh, to this day. Awesome. Yeah, we, we get together every summer. Um, and have hummus. Aww. We just love hummus, apparently. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Um, but I actually, one of her classes, one of the um, texts that we read, I actually love so much. I got a tattoo of it. Oh my gosh. I did. Nice. Which one is that? Which one? It is John Keats. Okay. A Grecian Urn. Okay, I've never read that. I've read phone. You should read it. Okay. Well, maybe you have to give me a copy. I'll give you a copy. <laughs> or I'll just read your arm. You just you read know. my arm. It's right here. It's fine. Well, I don't know why you need text. <laughs> Same paper. Oh, no, that's great. I think it's good to have, you know, to, to always have those teachers you got to go back on. Um, are there things that you've learned from those teachers that you try to emulate within your own classroom, like specific things? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of which I was taught very well how to write. Mm. Um, and I think that's something that as a teacher that I do probably better than anything else is teaching composition. Okay. I mean, that's that's 100% a skill that can be learned. Um, obviously, some kids are just better at it than others. Some kids have you know better background, but being able to to take our thoughts and effectively get that on paper is something that I think I do a pretty good job getting the students to do because of the way that I was taught by my English teacher. Sure. So. Now, how hard is it though when you're dealing with like texting and how people communicate over text like that's two polar opposite worlds i mean i i try my best to use proper grammar when i text but i know that not everybody does that so that must be a whole nother a whole nother challenge it it was more so with the sixth graders ironically than it is the high school students really yeah which again i, I think is a little bit strange i think the high school students are at least maybe old enough to grasp that difference okay um kind of the biggest issue we see with that would be you know, words like gonna, oh, yeah. like, no, it's, it's going to, <laughs> right. um, but we really don't see like the, like just the letter U or mm -hmm. things like that. Like as much as maybe we might, but sure. Thank goodness. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know I'm not as total grammar nerd, but when you're communicating and you, you know, come on, give me a period somewhere within this book of text that you just sent me. Um, I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys probably have like conversations about that as teachers too. Like how, like, I'm sure everyone thinks that social media is just learning how we write and read and all of those things, right? Oh yeah. Well, at the beginning of the year, actually every year I always play dumb and have the kids tell me like, all the new lingo, like what, what are the new words you guys use? Like, oh my and I write them up all on the board and I say, okay, like none of these words you can use in your writing. <laughs> and then I cross them all off and then they all have this big dramatic, like, ah, and like, you just told me these are all texting words. These are all the slang words you guys use. Like yeah. none of these can be used in your writing now. So that's always kind of fun. I'm sure I would have no idea. Like I learned a lot. I, don't I try to incorporate like them into my vernacular just to make sure the kids know I, you know, we're cool and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. So like bussin' and bussin', cabin. Okay. Um, actually, we have a, I have a really funny story about. Um, I don't know if your kids ever use the term "say less." They do. They do. They okay. Do. So um, this was this is probably like I'm probably dating this now because this was like a year ago. Um, 
our one of our other coaches, Christian, uses this term quite often. And he would say it to me and be like, you know, say I would be like, hey, Christian, can you like run some stuff to the post office or something? And he'd be like, say less. Okay. And then um, he started using it. And of course, Kate, who is oblivious to all of these things, would be like, why is he saying that? What does that mean? Like, what is say less? And then he kind of was explaining, he was like, yeah, you know, like, you don't have to say anything more. Like, say no, like, say no more, say less. I kid you not, like, two days later, a song came on and it's literally called Say Less. And we're like, all right, this was meant to be. We're hip now. We know what's going we're on. We're hip. <laughs> like, Despite the fact that my shoulder hurts today from sleeping incorrectly, oh, we're geez. hip. Well, you know what? My 30th is coming up this week, so Ooh. I gotta, it's, it's gonna be, yeah, it's gonna be rough. But yeah, I feel about that. Great. Actually, no, I really haven't thought about it too much. Everybody's been asking, like, how I feel, but I don't really feel. I don't know. I, I, like I don't it's really normal. care. I think it's just going to be another day. Um, maybe my mom will have a harder time with it than I do. I don't know. <laughs> I think I'll that's a good point. I think my mom, too, I'm the youngest. When I turn 30 in about eight months, I think she'll have a harder time than me. Oh, my gosh. So you're the youngest. What do you have? You have two other siblings? I have one older brother. One older brother. Yeah. Does he live in town? Is he he lives in Knoxville. Oh, in Knoxville. Is he also in education? He's not. He escaped. Mm -hmm. I don't know. He's a lawyer, so I guess we oh. let that happen. But okay. Yeah, he escaped. <laughs> so. so what are your goals? Like, what do you – do you want to go back – are you going to coach again next year? Or are you going to – I think so. Um, I'm doing my internship in the fall. I'm getting my specialist right now in administration. Wanting okay. to be either a curriculum director, principal, um, something along those lines. So – I need to wait and see what my kind of my course load looks like with my yeah. internship before I commit to coaching or not. I would like to. But. So you're still going to be able to teach while you do that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Will you stay with the same class? Like, will you stick with your your same freshmen or sophomores and juniors? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have the same two classes. Okay. So. Well, that'll be three classes, good. really. Yeah. Um, because you guys are getting close to what you have like four weeks left, 22 days. Oh my gosh, okay. Now that you're keeping count, I think do they have any like big projects? Like, what are they? What are their final assignments what do you right have? now? They're each of the classes are writing an essay over the novels that we just read. The freshman read To Kill a Mockingbird, okay. Juniors read The Great Gatsby, so they have those projects. Then the freshmen have one more, um, To Kill a Mockingbird project where they are going to be pretend they were reporters at the time of the trial that's happening throughout the book and they have to do nice. um like record each other and write little like newspaper articles but oh that's fun. that one should be fun yeah that's yeah. super fun that's the essay is the essay fun. but yeah the, the project should be fun yeah i mean we would like watch the movie but i don't think you're probably allowed to watch the movies anymore in class we're gonna do that after okay <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's great well uh tell me just since we're gonna finish up with so we gotta finish up with something cross related. What are what are your uh, give me like a six month goal? What do you what do you what do you want to get done? We gotta get that pull up. I don't need that up. one. So that's close. like right there. Like that shouldn't even be on the list. So it's close. almost completed. What else you got? What else are you looking forward to? Um, I don't know. I've, I've done one competition. Okay. In the past, um, I enjoyed it. Again, I I'm just overly critical of myself, as I know so many people are, and that's kind of something. I guess that should be a goal, right? Stop being right. Really critical of myself, right? Recognizing that while I have an athletic background, I don't necessarily have a, a lifelong CrossFit background. But sure. I would say six months goal. Be just be consistent, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and not necessarily always my fault why I haven't been through coaching and injuries and things like that. But at the same time, I need to make it a priority yeah. to to be consistent. And I think 
every goal that I have will be accomplished. Yeah. If I, if I do that, I've already, you know, all of my PRs have come from this gym just because I've been more consistent. Everything yeah. um, is, is just getting better. And um, yeah. Awesome. No, that's good. I think that sometimes people tend to like want to make these big audacious goals and sometimes it's like the smallest ones that tend to make the biggest, I want to make a 30 ring muscle ups. <laughs> I mean, we can put that up there. We can put that up there. Let's go for it. I mean, look at set the bar high. Set like, the bar Jesse, high. Is that <laughs> no, that's good. Well, thank you so much, Jess. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Yeah. Thank um, you. Yeah. Hopefully we'll do this again. Um, and then good luck on your, your 30 muscle ups. Thank you. I'm going to go, I'm going to go bust, bust them out right now. <laughs> In my dress clothes. Yes, please. And there will be video footage. Perfect. <laughs>Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Stay tuned next month for our next episode where we'll be talking to another member of our CrossFit 4185 community. If you want to learn more about CrossFit 4185, follow the link in our bio to check out our website and social media pages. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.